So today's daf is actually Vav in Sukkah. We're running a little ahead of schedule on purpose so that we can try to uh, be a little bit ahead when it comes to uh, Tisha B'Av and so on in the Shabbat this week. Um, so we are on Vav Amud Bet already and we are at the two dots which looks to be around 12 lines or so. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay, ten lines from the top, I guess. Um, or the eleventh line from the top. It says, Shein lad shalosh defanot, and uh, that the, the sukkah has to have three walls. So it says, Tanu Rabbanan. Some of these halachot we're familiar with because if you've built the sukkah, so you learn these halachot, but this is the source of many of the halachot. That in order to have a sukkah, you have to have three walls, but actually two of them only have to be full walls. You can make an L shape with just two full walls, and the third one is just a tefach. According to Rabbi Shimon, you need three full walls, and the fourth one is a tefach. In other words, everybody agrees that whatever the measurement of the walls is, you can have the, the final wall only has to be a tefach, which is very small, right? Meaning it really it's minus one, whatever the total is. So according to the rabbis, there's really three walls, but the third one could be just like a, not really a wall at all, just a tefach of, of a, 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 a pole. And then, um, and then uh, Rabbi Shimon, who says you need to have four walls. Yeah, that's true, you need four walls, but the fourth wall is a minimal wall. It's not really a wall at all. If you look on the side, Rashi's diagrams, he shows you like that little tefach, uh, piece that would be attached to one of the one of the pieces. It's going to discuss that in the next uh, daf, I think it gets into that, but right for now, just the fact that you need a, uh, you need a, a full uh, two or three walls plus a tefach. Now the question is, what's the machloket, what's the source for these two different views? So the first hypothesis about what the machloket could be is that it's based on a more general argument of yesh em masorot or yesh em mikra, which is a machloket that runs throughout the shas, which is when we, are, when we make drashot from sukim, what do we use for the drashot? Do we use the way that the words are written or the way that the words are pronounced? Now, why is that relevant here? Because yesh em mikra means the way that it's read is what is definitive. And yesh em masorot is the way that it's written down is what is definitive. Now, what's the difference? Now, we've seen this idea before in other contexts. We've definitely encountered it previously um, in, uh, in, other, uh, in other contexts, many places. But uh, this is one of the key ones. So, what is an example? So, it's going to show us uh, that... Um, that that basically uh, Rabbi Shimon says, so the rabbis say yesh im masoret, and Rabbi Shimon says yesh im mikra. Rabbanan sefer yesh im masoret. basukot, 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 rekan arba. So you have the word sukot, the first two times it appears in the Torah, it appears without a second vav. So it looks like it says sukat. Okay? Sukat would be singular. Of course, it's in the smichut form, so you would never have that word by itself, whatever. But the point is that it's not a plural. It takes away the second vav. So they count that as four. Sukkot and sukkot is one, one, that's two. And then sukkot, the third time, is written with the vav, that's two, so that's four. And then, one of them you need for the mitzvah itself of sukkah. You can't call it a word for a drasha. You can't call it an additional word. So, that gives you three. So, which means two of them have to be full. And the, the third one, we can reduce to a tefach because we have a Torah Shebaal Peh principle, the principle that whatever the number is, the last wall only has to be a tefach. So what do they do? They say there are four mentions of Sukkot, of a Sukkah, because Sukkot and Sukkot each mean one. Sukkot means two, that's four. Okay? 
So the first one doesn't count as a drasha because the first one is just telling you there's a mitzvah. So we really have three. Because we have the word sukkat and sukkot. It's three. Now the halakha Moshe Misinai says that that three, we can say that the third one is only a tefach. So that gives you two full walls and one tefach. Now what does Rabbi Shimon say? He says, we don't care how it's written in the Torah. What we care is how you pronounce it. And you never pronounce it as sukkat. You always pronounce it as sukkot. So therefore, besukkot, 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 harikan shesh. So that means six. Now what is that? So dalcha, the Huh? Theoretically, yeah. So then, but the first word Sukkot we take out because you need it for the Pshat. So you can't make a drasha out of the word, right? So therefore, you take that first one out. So you have four. So then, Shalosh Gil Chatan. And again, we use this Al Moshe Mishnah to reduce the last wall. So since he's saying you need four, so that means three are Kehil Chatan, meaning full walls. And Atahil Chita, and the Torah Shabal Pekam, Tatefach. And it tells you that you can reduce the fourth wall to just a tefach. So in other words, the question is going, according to this interpretation, the question revolves around how we interpret the word basukot when it's mentioned the three times uh, in the Torah. Uh, do we interpret it as meaning three or as meaning four? And then once we have a number, we can reduce whatever the final wall is to just a tefach. Now that's one interpretation. But then the Gemara is going to say, Maybe everybody really agrees that we go with how the word is read and not how it's written. Meaning, basukot, basukot, basukot really would be six, right? However, here's the real machloket. One says that you need a pasuk to teach you the idea of schach. Now, so how would it work according to that? What it would work according to that is Sukkot, Sukkot, Sukkot means six. But the first word we discount because the first word is the Pshat. So you need that. So you take that out. So how many do you have? You have four. Now, if you hold that to teach you that you need schach requires a Limud, so then you're going to reduce that to three, right? So you had four. You're going to reduce that to three. And now of those three, we have a Torah Shabbat that tells us that the third wall is reduced to a tefach. So that will be the rabbi's position. And according to Rabbi Shimon, he'll say, no, 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 you don't need a, any limud to teach you that you need schach, because the word sukkah means schach. So therefore, if we have, we take out the first word sukkot anyway, because we don't, because it's out, because it's needed for the mitzvah. You have four, okay? You don't need to subtract from that four to teach you the idea of schach, because that's self-evident. So you still have four. And then you, subtra- and then you say that the fourth wall only has to be a tefach. That's, that, that's this interpretation. Now, we could flip it around and say, actually, everybody agrees. You don't go by how it's re- read. You go by how it's written. In other words, they're exploring every possibility. They're saying you can interpret this machloket either as being about that issue or as taking either position. Right? So you could say that it's taking the position that you go by how it's read, or you could take the position that's going by Masorat, by the text. The Machloke could just be, everyone agrees, Sukkot, 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 that we go by how it's written, meaning that you only have four, right? Sukkot, Sukkot, Sukkot. The only thing is, and the first one, of course, is needed for the mitzvah. So then you have Sukkot and Sukkot, that's three. According to the rabbis, the halakha le Moshe Misinai tells you that the last wall can be diminished to just a tefach. According to Rabbi Shimon, the halakha le Moshe Misinai is telling you you have to add a wall of a tefach, meaning you need the three full plus a tefach. The rabbis are saying, no, it's telling you need the three and you can reduce to a tefach. That would be the question. So according to that, both of them have the number three. The question is whether it's three plus or three minus.
Okay, that's that's the that's another one. Now, what about Maybe everybody agrees that the halachah Moshe Mitzinai is a reduction. And we also all agree yesh em which means that sukat sukat sukot. We're going with that, right? The way that it's written, which would really be four, right? But before we were saying that the first one we don't count altogether. Because the first one is needed, but maybe that's, that itself is the question. Maybe that itself is the issue. More of our Dorshin one holds that you include the first mention, or more of our Indorshin and one says not. In other words, according to Rabbi Shimon, yes, there's four. Sukat, Sukat, Sukot, true, it's four. But, you, but we include the first one in the count. And so therefore, the Halachal Moshe Misnai is saying you need three and a Tefach, because you need four. And according to the rabbis, no, we don't count the word, first word Sukat. We only count Sukkot and Sukkot, the second and the third mention of the word. And that's three. And so the Halakha Moshe Mishinah is telling you to reduce the third one to only a tefach. The point is that we can interpret this machloket as either being about the question of how to, how to do drashot, uh, whether to go by the written text or the pronunciation. We can interpret it purely as according to the view that you go by the pronunciation. We can in- interpret it purely by the view that you go by the written text. And we can even re- we can even say that they both agree that you go by the written text and they both agree that the halakha Moshe Misinai is reductive rather than additive that you reduce. And yet they can still have a machloket because the question is whether you include the first word in the drasha or not or whether the first word is necessary for explaining the mitzvah and only the second and third mention of Sukkot are, are going to uh, be uh, abol or whatever the word is. You know, capable of making the drasha. What happened? Basically, you can interpret their their machloket as coming, you know, having many different many different ways, right? So at the you know in the end, the Gemara later is going to discuss a conceptual reason why Rabbi Shimon might say that you need three plus, right? As opposed to just the drasha, because the drashot are a mechanism like a lot of the Rishonim explain, like the drashot are like what's called leharotek chokmata katuv to show you the wisdom of the psukim that you can learn halachot out from the pasuk. But if you just learn psuk, learn halachot out from a psukim without any framework, you could learn anything. You could learn. You could say, oh, there's an extra word here. It means I can eat bacon. You know, whatever they, they could say anything, right? So, so the fact that they have certain conclusions, in other words, the number of conclusions is limited. The number of potential interpretations is limited by an actual understanding of the halakha. So even though, um, they, in other words, they have a question about how many walls, nobody's going to say you only need one wall or you don't need walls at all or you need six walls. No, nobody's going to say something that doesn't make any sense. There's a limit on what the drasha could tell you. So if they have a question about whether three or four walls is the baseline from which you reduce or three is the baseline to which you add or reduce whatever, so that means because there's a possibility of understanding it in one of two ways, so now they're going to go to the pasuk to see which one is supported by the pasuk. That's different than just... You need it. You need this. Well, you're always going to need some rationale behind whatever the halakha is. You're not just going to say, well, it says a vav here and it says a yud there, so therefore I'm just going to make up a halakha, whatever comes to mind, based on, because otherwise it would just be a free-for-all. They could make up anything based on these dreshot. The fact that they come up with it specifically with the number of walls is because that's an issue that they needed to clarify, that there was a reason on both sides, on either side, to argue both ways, and they need the dreshot to support one or the other. But it's not just that they took it and said, oh, it says the word sukkot ten times in the Tanakh, I guess you need ten walls. That, that make any sense. So they're not going to go to some nonsense. Um, so therefore you have these two possibilities of how they got it from the psukim and there's another one. 
Rav Matana Mar Tamid Rabbi Shimon Meacha. Rabbi Shimon has a different reasoning. It comes from the pasuk Vesukati Alatzel Gemam Mechorev Ola Machzol Mizrav Matar. We saw this pasuk before from Yeshayahu. It's talking about Yemota Mashiach actually, and the sukkah that Hashem is going to protect the tzaddikim from, uh, you know, uh, from the uh, heat of the sun and so on, and from and from rain. And so Rashi says that this shows you that you need a full enclosure of four walls because if you don't have a full enclosure of full, four walls, how's it going to protect you from the water and from the rain that's going to flow right in if it's uh, if you have if you're open on uh, you know on, on one of the sides? So it must mean four walls. Tosfot quotes the Yushalmi that says that no, it's because of the number of words because it says That's one wall. It's two. It's two. So therefore, you have from the psuki from the pasuk the words in the pasuk. You learn four, but the point is that that's a separate drasha. In other words, according to that, what that means is that really, based on logic alone, we would go with what the Chachamim said, that you only need three. But since Rabbi Shimon has this extra pasuk, he's adding onto it this fourth wall. Of course, the fourth wall could be reduced to only a tefach, but you have to have the fourth wall. That's, so that's, that is the explanation of their positions and how they derive them. Now, so we know that according to everyone, whatever the last wall is, whether it's the fourth wall according to Rabbi Shimon or it's the third wall according to Chachamim, it only has to be a tefach. But how do you do this? Where do you put the tefach? So Amarav can neget a Against the, you know, the exit, so to speak. Now Rashi says, Makom shamechitza kala. At the end of one of the mechitzot, whichever one you want. Now look at the diagram in Rashi. You have the same as I have, right? You have an L. It's not really an L. It's like an upside down L because it goes up and to the right. And then you have a little piece on the end, either on the bottom, right? On the bottom to the left or on the right on the top. There's a little extra tefach on one of them. So that means that according to Rav, that's all you need. You just need an extra tefach protruding perpendicular to one of the walls, basically. It's protruding from that wall and it's perpendicular to it, right? It's turning the other direction, one way or another, okay? But then, Rav Kanan Ravasi said to Rav, why don't you make it on a diagonal? Rostor is talking about the way that they used to plow fields, that as the field became narrower, they would plow on a diagonal. So it's saying a diagonal. Why would a diagonal be better? Because if you look, a diagonal almost makes it enclosed because it's almost triangular. If you look at the top of Zion Amud Aleph, you'll see in the Rashi, he shows you what it would look like. In other words, it's almost triangular the way that they have that additional tefach. So it's almost like it covers two sides. So let's say you had a west and a north side or, a, or an east and a north side. So by having a diagonal, you kind of have both the east and a little bit of south because it's like curving around the way that you put it on an angle like that. That's what they're suggesting. Shatik Rav. Rav did not answer them. Now, why didn't Rav answer them? Did he think it was a silly question? Did he not have an answer? We will never know that. Only he will know that. But uh, it doesn't say why he didn't say anything. But it tells us that he didn't say anything. Now, it was stated, that is according to what Rab said. In other words, we just put it facing, we put it at the end of one of the sides, perpendicular to that side, right? Like we see that you have either on the, uh, like we saw on the previous Amur, has to be the same, 10 Tfachim. And it has, yeah, ten tefachim and a tefach okay, so uh, wide. So the only thing is it doesn't have to be, because normally a wall of a sukkah has to be seven tefachim, minimum. Seven. Because that's, that's the measure that we say. Seven tefachim. So if it's, so this just has to be one tefach. So the, uh, that, but the, so they're going back to what Rab said before, which is you just need the L shape. And then on the end of one of the, uh, one of those pieces of the L, you put just another tefach going perpendicular to that. 
That's all. They're going back to that. They're not endorsing what Rav Kahana asked. Oh, why don't we do it diagonally? They don't, they don't buy into that. Okay? Now, Rabbi Simon, Rabbi Yosho, and Rabbi Omer, Oselo Tevach Sochek. He didn't answer. It doesn't say why. He wasn't feeling like it, or he thought it was a bad question, or he, uh, he didn't know the answer. We don't know. But they probably give some explanations on the bottom. No. Either he, agreed or he didn't. Either agreed and didn't have a good answer, or he thought it was a bad question, or. Uh, who knows? Yeah, we don't know. We can't always tell. Maybe, maybe he's thinking about it and he's not sure. Oh, maybe he thought. It, maybe he thought that was a crazy question. Like, what, what, what you know? Why are we going to make a sukkah look like that? How, you know? Who knows? Yeah, we don't know. Maybe, maybe, but it could also be that he just thought it was like not a good suggestion for some other reason. We, and he just thought it wasn't worth even discussing because it would be it was it would be impractical or who knows? We don't know. We'll never know. It's like a person that you send them a text and they never answer. You don't know why. You know? Do they hate you? Do they, you know? Anyway. Yeah. It's a question. Now. Now, according to this, no, you take this tevach and you don't put it right up against that side of the L, right? Like we have in the picture. But instead you make a space between that tevach and the wall that's adjacent. So let's say, again, you have the L, like uh, in Rashi's uh, a little diagram there, that he has a north wall and a west wall, right? So you, at the bottom, you put a little piece there. He has it attached to the... Um, he has it attached to it. But, you, but according to this, no, you make a space of less than three tvachim. So what ends up happening? Whenever you have less than three tvachim, we say lavud. We say that it's considered connected. So you're actually creating then a four tefach wall, technically, because those less than three tvachim plus your tefach sochik means a little bit of an expanded tefach. Not exactly tefach. Like a te- oh yeah, they have a picture, yeah. Like it's a tefach 0.01 or 0.05 or something like that. So you have a little bit more than a tefach. And because you have a little bit more than a tefach and you have th- less than three tefachim from the other wall. So therefore you're creating really a four tefach board. It's a little bit bigger that way. They, they like that better. And then So that gives you actually a fourth. And we, we learned that that gives you more. That gives you more. It gives you, more, four, it gives you four tefachim. Four tefachim is a good, uh, is, a, yeah. is a more substantial. Right now, Amar Rav Yehuda, According to Rav Yehuda says that you can even make a sukkah like a mavoi. Mavoi means that you have two parallel walls, okay, an alleyway with nothing on the third side, right? And then what do you do? And on one of the two ends, what you could do is take a tevach, and then put the tevach on either side that you want. Okay, now you, and, and then the Gemara says, Rabbi Simon, Rabbi Amar, he says, no, 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 you can't do that. You have to, for, for, if you make a sukkah like a mavoi, if you make a sukkah that has only two parallel walls and you just put a tefach on the, either the north or the south, let's imagine that the two wall, the walls are east and west, just side by side, right? And then either north or south, you decide to put that one tefach. That's not going to be enough. There's too much space. He says, no, you have to take a four tefach Board, right? He says, you have to, in that case, you have to take a, a four tefach board and you have to put it within um, three tefachim of the wall. So that way, actually, what you have is seven tefachim, right? And seven tefachim is the, actually the minimum uh, measurement for a normal wall of the sukkah. So he's saying you have to go further than that. You have to, have to actually have a wall on the third side. If you're going to make 
two parallel walls, like an alleyway, you have to have a real wall on one of the third sides. You cannot just have a tefach there. According to this, another question is why? Why do you make a distinction that before, when you had the L shape, you could just put a tefach there, but he, or maybe a tefach and make it three uh, three tefachim away so that it counts as four tefachim? But here you need seven. He says, It's a different story because you you don't have two tefanot kehil chatan. I mean, you just have, Kiel Chatan means according to the Halakha, I mean, there's no connection between those two walls. You put up two walls parallel to each other. That's not a sukkah. That's, that, that, that's just a hallway. That's an alleyway. It's not a, sukkah. It's not a structure. It's just a passageway. There's nothing. So you have to have something more substantive on one of the two ends to show that it's really a structure that has some substance to it. You can't just put a tefach board there to, to, to show that. It's different than when you have an L already, so you have, it's called kehil chatan, meaning they're unified in a type of a formation, those two, those two walls. So you're adding a little bit to one side to enclose it a little bit more, there we can be more lenient. But to take it in two walls like this that have no connection to each other, what do you have there? You just have two walls standing there, it's a nothing. Right? It's like these two walls here, that's not a sukkah. That's not a structure. Right? So, the, so therefore, it has to be more. Amarava. Now, here we have an interesting thing because we have a three way machloket rishonim. And this is where the way that people today, those who make like a three wall sukkah, do it in accordance with the more strict opinion here. Because there's a question about what Rava is referring to here. Rava says, He says it can only be permitted with a tzuratapetach. With a doorway shape. Now the question is, what can't be permitted without a doorway shape? The way that Rashi interprets it is that it's talking about... The, the question is, is it talking about the case of the L shape? That, that Ravaz is being more strict. He's saying a tefach is not enough. You have to make a doorway on the third side. Okay? Or is he talking about the case of the mavoy and saying when you have those two parallel walls... That with nothing on the third side or the fourth side, that it's not enough to put a board that's four tefachim. You have to actually make a doorway on the th- on the fourth side or the third. You know, one of the two opposite sides that are open. You have to make a doorway. So there's a machloket rishonim. Which case is he talking about when he says you have to put a tzvatapetach? Is he talking about the case of the the L shape that even there, where it's closed on two sides, you need a tzvatapetach? It's not enough to put a tefach board there or is he talking about the case that's the more extreme where you have the two parallel walls that you need it's what the over there okay so the, and then the rambam actually says it's talking about both cases that you actually need both in other words in both cases you can never close off that third wall without that's why when people do this kind of a two uh two wall plus a third wall they put a board and then they make it they do both okay we're gonna see but the he says the question is whether Rava said you only ha- can do it with a tzvatapetach, right? Meaning, or he said, afilu, right? In other words, did he say you could also use it or you have to have it? Meaning, do you need both the, uh, meaning it's, it's a, you have two alternatives. You can either make the tzvatapetach or you can make the tefach board that we talked about before. 
right? Or did he mean that you can do, you have to do both. Even if you have the board, you also have to do the, the Torah the Petach. Now, according to the Rambam, and the way that people do it today, is if you have the two walls and you're making the third wall, so you have to put the Tefach board on one side, right? Within, the, within three Tefachim of the, um, of, the, of the wall, of the L shape. And then you make a Torah the Petach on that side. So you do both. That's what people do. Right? And if you have the Mavoy style, in other words, you have the alleyway style, you have to put the four tefach board on, the, on one of the open sides, plus the Tzorat petach in order to make it um, a complete uh, enclosure. Right? That's the way the Halakha goes. But Rashi interprets this whole discussion as talking about the L shape. As you can see the drawing on the side, that he has the tefach board and, the, and then a Tzorat petach go extending along the third wall, that that's what it means when it says it needs a Tzorat petach. It's talking about that case in particular. And apparently Rashi would say that in the case of the Mavoy, since you're already closing it off with basically what's considered halachically seven Tzorat because you have the board that's four Tzorat plus the space from that to the, uh, to the other wall, that's already considered enclosed. You don't need anything more than that according to the way Rashi interprets. Others say, no, it's the opposite. Since that case is more severe because it's wide open on two sides, that's where you do need it, right? And the Rambam says, you know what? You're both right. So the, the, and that's why they do it both ways. Now, the, now what happened? One time, Rav Ashi found Rav Kanadi was doing both. He put the um, he put the one tefach board that was within three tefachim of the of one of the walls, and he made tzorat petach. So he had the L shape, obviously, right? This supports the Rambam and Rashi that it's talking about a case with the L shape because he says he put a one tefach board plus a tzorat petach. And Amar Lewosavar more lahad Rava. Don't you agree with what Rava said? Amar Rava v'niterat nami b'tzorat petach that you only need niterat nami b'tzorat the petach sounds like you only need either the tefach board or the tzorat petach. So if you're making a tzorat petach already, why do you need also the tefach board? Just attach the tzorat petach to the L shape. You have the L shape there already, right? You have the L shape already. Make the doorway on the third side. You don't need an extra tefach. You just make a. a you already have an L. Use this end of the L as one side of the doorway. Put a board across, meaning or or, or whatever it is, a stick across, and make the other side. Come down. You don't need an extra tefach board on the on the other side, right? So why do you need both? He said, "No, I hold." I hold like the this, the version that says that Rava said that you need both, right? So you need to have a tefach board, board right, within the three tefachim of the L shape, right? So let's say, for instance, you have just to, for for argument's sake, you have a western side. And you have a north wall like this that are shaped in L shape, okay? So then on the northeast side, you can put your tefach board, you know, extending towards the south, extending down towards the south. You have your tefach board that is within three tefachim of that corner. And then, meaning then you have to make a doorway, so you put a board or a stick over it, and then you close it with another stick that comes down on the other side. So you have a doorway and the tefach. You have both to create both the doorway and some solid or what's considered solid in the corner with that tefach board. Okay? So, and... Right, right. It's considered a door. It's considered like a wall. That's why the petach is always considered like a wall. It's like if you have a... If you have breakage... You have like uh, breaching in walls, so the way that you can fix it if you don't replace the material of the wall is you make it into a doorway and now halachically it's considered like a wall. It's not considered like a break in the wall anymore. 
Right? That's how they make all, all of Eruvin, all of the Eruvran cities that people have is just a Tzorot Tapetach. That's all that it is. It's just different doorway forms that they use the power lines and the pa- poles or they put the, I mean, they put Lechayayim there. They don't use the power because the reason is because the, when you make a, an Eruv, the, the string has to go over the pole. It can't go along it. So since, since power lines go along the poles, it doesn't count as Tzorot Petach. So that's why they put those plastic lechayayim. They put these plastic sticks. You look, if you look at the, uh, you'll see them. You know, and they, they, they try to make them like unobtrusive. People won't notice, but they're there. You can notice a piece of plastic there. And you know, there's all these lawsuits, you know, where people like try to sue. They try to prevent Orthodox communities from moving in by like suing the community to prevent them from putting them up. There's been a few. They, lost, they lose every time. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's by Jews every time. Not usually. Every time it's by Jews. It's by reformed Jews that don't want the Orthodox Jews to move in. It's only by Jews. Why would a non-Jew care? What difference do they make to them? Yeah. So, that, no, it's, it's, it's always Jews. Anyway, so, now this says, Amar, and it should say, I think, Rabbah, according to the Ba'ach, yes, Rabbah. So, Rabbah said as follows, V'chen l'Shabbat. Okay? So, too, with regard to Shabbat. We'll see exactly what this means. In other words, they, we'll read the Rashi. Rashi says, Afalpi. So let's say, for instance, a person made, it has their backyard as a Rashut Rabim. Okay? It's open. Open to the streets. So technically, they wouldn't be able to carry from their house into that area behind their house because it's Rashut Rabim, let's say. They put a sukkah. Now normally, now, normally a sukkah has, you know, normally an enclosure for Rashut HaYechid needs three walls, at least three walls, right? But since the sukkah can be good with only two walls plus a little more, right? So even though for Ilchot Shabbat we would normally be more strict, but since for sukkah we're considering this an enclosure, the rabbis are saying the two walls plus the tefach on the side, or plus the tefach plus the petach on the side, so we still say that, so even though on other Shabbatot we wouldn't allow it, and even in other places on that Shabbat of Sukkot we wouldn't allow it. But since this Sukkah is recognized as the, by the Torah as an enclosure, how can we say it's not an enclosure? How can we say it's not a Rashut HaYechid? So it gets grandfathered in by the, by the Halakha. Shabbat has different rules. That's, that's the Chidush. The Chidush is that even though we don't actually say this is an enclosure for any other purpose, since the Torah gives it the status of a Sukkah, we can't deny that it's a Rashut HaYechid for the purpose of Sukkah. Okay, so that and that's exactly what it says. Now the havia migo the havia dofen in yan sukkah. Since it's considered a wall for for sukkah, havia dofen in yan shabbat. We also consider it a wall for shabbat. How could you say such a, 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 a concept? Didn't we learn the wall of sukkah is like the wall of shabbat? Right. That as long as meaning just like when it comes to dofen shabbat, it comes to the. And Rashi says, in every way that they were lenient about the walls for Shabbat enclosures, okay? For example, you can have just vertical sticks in the ground, as long as there's not three tvachim in between. You can have ropes going across, even if there's very little vertical. The vertical is far spaced out, but there's vertical wall, uh, ropes going across. As long as there's not three tvachim, it's considered sealed. Some people use that, like, like I had mentioned. You can, use a, you can use a balcony of an apartment to be a sukkah, even if it only has bars going across, or it only has staves going, going downwards, as long as it doesn't have three tvachim in between, it's considered to be, yeah, it's considered to be a wall. It's considered to be sealed. So all those things apply to a sukkah also, even though it will turn out that there's more space 
right? Even though it turns out there's more space ultimately. Rashi says, even though you're going to have a situation where there's more actual space, if you, if you count up the amount of space that there is, there's more space than there is solid. But since there's no, not, no place where there's more than three tfachim of space, so we seal all those spaces halachically, so it's, we consider it like solid. Okay? Now, now in reality, you know, huh? Of one of those things coming down? Yeah. So if you, you have sticks going down and you don't have space, but it doesn't, I mean, I don't even think it has, right, because it can't, because if it's less than that, then it will cancel it out. That's the problem, yeah. But, it, so it, it, but if you have less than three tfachim in between, you can, you can continue um, extending it. Rashi says here, he says that even though the sticks are, um, he says, he says, even if it's only a finger's breadth, so it could be smaller than a tefach, those sticks, because... Right, a thumb, yeah. So even an inch, so it's less than a tefach. Right, even though there's very little solid, normally you would use a tefach, but here he's saying even though you, uh, since you have a series of them, uh, you, you don't have to have that because you're closing it, so you're making each one like a full entity. For the whole thing. That meaning you can do the whole thing like that. Yeah, you don't need any walls, basically. You can have 90% space, pretty much, and, and, and because there's not enough between each one of the rails is... Uh, yeah, but yeah. No, and normally we wouldn't say that. No, we wouldn't say that. Right, so he says... So he says, "Ubilvat shleyeh ben kanel lechaver shloshat fachim v'yitera beomed and and v'yitera shabbat al sukkah shabbat ena niteret al beomed meobel apaut mashen ken v'shabbat besukkah." So you see that there is one difference because generally Shabbat is more strict because with Shabbat enclosures, even if you have if you have more open space than there is solid, then even though you might have um, you know uh, these staves spaced out with less than three tzvachim between them, if it turns out that there's more open space than closed space, it will cancel it out. If there is, right on Shabbat, it will cancel it out. And like, even if you have a, um, a solid and you have on both sides large spaces, we cancel the solid in the middle out too. So there's, that, that's one of the issues with Eruvim, with the space between the, the poles has to be, you know, they have to be very careful to make sure that they don't have so much space that it basically makes the solid... Um, uh, obsolete, like it wipes it out. So in the so you have to have in total more uh, more standing than than parutz than open. Okay, we're not talking about a tzuat petach by the way, because tzuat petach is a different thing, right? We're talking about in terms of enclosures, actual enclosures on Shabbat. Because once you have a doorway, we have more space, and there's obviously more space. So we're not talking about where you have something going over the top. I'm saying when you're talking about enclosing areas, and they'll count like oh. This, is a, this space is closed off by a building. This space is closed off by this. So anytime they're using enclosure, that's a different me- mechanism. There has to be more, sta- yeah, trees. There has to be more standing than open. In Shabbat. Huh? They, were, uh, they could if they have poles coming down because there it's all considered enclosed. But if you want to use, let's say, some solid structures, uh, right, if you use structure. So, so that's so. Now he says, "What do you see from that?" My love, Doesn't that mean that we that we say that Shabbat is more strict than Sukkah, and we don't say the idea of Migo? We don't say that just because something is good for Sukkah, it's going to be good for Shabbat. We don't say that. Because it's saying right there that no, actually, sukkah is more lenient than Shabbat. Because when it comes to sukkah, we can allow you to put these sticks with, in the end, there's more space than there is solid, and we'll consider it enclosed. And we don't say that for Shabbat. And the Gemara says, no. It says, lo, yitera, Shabbat de'al. What it means is like this. 
So the question was, my love, Yitera Shabbat Sukkah, Sukkah, Vulam, Rina, Migos. says, Lo, Yitera Shabbat de Almal Shabbat Sukkah. General Shabbatot are stricter than the Shabbat of Sukkah. Right? Well, it's, Isur, it's very strict. It's Isur Karet, it's very strict. Melachan Shabbat, very strict. Yeah, this is only Mitzvah to say. So normally, we're right, it's definitely stricter. So it's saying, no, what it means is that in general, Shabbat is more strict than Sukkah. But on Sukkot, we have a leniency. Right, that's what it means. Meaning, even if, right, if, even if you made your sukkah out of these sticks and it was in a Rashut Arabim, even though for an enclosure in Rashut Arabim it would not be enough because it's considered too much space, we would allow it because it's on Sukkot, Shabbat of Sukkot. So Gemara asks, So according to that, you know, it should be that there's a, there's a leniency the other way as well. Because on Shabbat, what do we say? If you have a mavoi, on the th- on the, you can have just a lechi coming down, one stick. You don't need it to be larger than a tefach. You don't need it to be three tefachim away from the wall. It can, you can have a, a mavoi, um, which is enclosed and has a, is pretty much wide open on the, thir- on the last side. Right, it's usually closed on three sides. So the Tosafot asks about that, raises that problem, that it's not exactly an analogy. But the point is that closing the fourth side is done with less on Shabbat than it is on Sukkot. And it says, Because didn't you yourself say that if you use a mavoy as a sukkah, it's good. Even though one of the walls is created by a lechi. So of course, Tosfot asked the question like you were asking. Which is, so Rashi says, oh, this is talking about a mavoy that's only closed on two sides. Right? But then, then that would only be according to the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda that you could close the, one of the sides with a lechi. According to everyone else, you have to be closed on three sides to use a lechi, to use just a vertical pole on the fourth side. Okay, so Tosfot then wants to say that, oh, it's talking about a case where you put the schach only over the side with the lechi and the two sides. You didn't use the, you didn't use the far side that's enclosed. Meaning it's talking about one that's enclosed on three sides, but you only used the three sides that included the lechi. You didn't include that. And that's why it's saying you see that you can count that side that just has a lechi as good, even though you didn't separate, you didn't make it a, more than a tefach and make it three tefachim away from the, away from the real wall so that you could create a more of a substance. You didn't do that. And yet it's good. So you see from that, that uh, the, so therefore we should say that, that in general on a regular day of Sukkot, you shouldn't be able to do that. Right? The mavoi shouldn't be a good sukkah. But on Shabbat, there's a leniency in mavoi that it becomes a good mavoi, becomes considered a wall, should be able to do it. So he said, you know what? You're right. We don't even have to say that. If we're telling you that a leniency about sukkah could make a leniency for Shabbat, which is more strict, then certainly a leniency for Shabbat is going to be endorsed for sukkot. There's no question. Right? Gufa, we go back to it, it says before, Amar Rabbat, she says, Sikech al gabe mavoi, sheesh lo lechi, kshera. Right? Ve Amar Rabbat, Sikech al gabe pasi beraot, kshera. Very interesting. So not only can you make a sukkah out of a mavoi, even though it's open on one of the sides and you're using that open side that just has a little tefach there of a lechi, it's good. You can also use pasi beraot. And we learned, we just mentioned it a day or two ago. The pasi beraot is where the oleri galim, people coming up aliyah regel, would make just four corner pieces that were L-shaped, right? And they would just enclose, right? So therefore, you have like uh, bookends, right? The bookends 
around the, uh, around the well. And these bookends, so turn out that, let's say here on the bottom, let's call it the south, you have a tefakhir and a tefakhir. Here you have a tefakhir, a tefakhir, and then on the top also. So you're enclosed. So really you have two tefakhim on all four sides, but that's all you have. It's enclosed by corner pieces. Said you can make that into a sukkah. Why? Because the rabbis decided that that's going to be a rashut hayachid for the oler galim. Why? Because they wanted them to be able to draw water out of the, out of the well. So since in order to draw water out of the well, you needed to create that, you can also make it a sukkah if it happens to be that on, let's say, the Shabbat of Sukkot, these people are traveling and they have to stop and make a sukkah, just like the Paseh Berot are going to be good for, um, a, for uh, a Rishut HaYachid. It will also be good, even though you have like no walls in that case. It's open, but most of it is open. It's since they have to endo- basically endow it with the status of Rishut HaYachid for some purpose. So now it's going to be for sukkah as well. Tosfot says that will only apply for Olir Galim. Other Rishonim say no. Once the rabbi said that a four corner pieces uh, works, so you know it could work anywhere. Yeah, but... Uh, you have to put poles up. What do you mean? Why can't you just put tall poles? Yeah. Obviously, yeah, you have to. Meaning, it's not just a corner piece on the ground. It's saying it's a, it goes yeah, up. And, and it's like this. Yeah. And then you, then you put the schach over it. Why not? Right, the point is that it's wide open. Right, how you support the schach, you'll figure out. But, yeah. Yeah, but you... you it's the Paseh Berod is good. You can do it. Yeah, on, the, on Shabbat. Only on Shabbat. Only on, only on Shabbat where they made that leniency. Only at the Shabbat. And the Tosafot says only on the Shabbat of the holiday. Right? Only on the Shabbat. The, uh, meaning only on, the, only on the Shabbat. And the Shabbat. Only for Olera Galim, I'm saying. According to Tosafot, it's only, on the, only for Olera Galim on that Shabbat. Only for Olera Galim on that Shabbat. Meaning it, the Chidush of Tosafot is, not, because you're not making a Sukkah on any other Shabbat, but the Shabbat of... Of, of Sukkot, obviously. So it's saying for the Oleir, is it only for Oleir Galim or really anywhere in the world you wanted to do that, you'd be able to do it because since the Paseh Berahot people are doing it, so I can do it in my backyard also. That, that, that would be the question, right? So they say from the fact that the reef brings it, and the reef only usually brings halachot that are uh, applicable nowadays, also that shows that he thinks that it's good even nowadays, you're not in the Shabbat of Sukkot, only the Shabbat. Because yeah, since they made a special takana for the Oleir Galim, you can benefit from. Okay? Yeah, so we don't, yeah. we don't find things that for some of people, it's right, usually not, usually not. But here you have you a situation where only on Shabbat you could use it, but you can't go on on the right after. You, if you make havdalan there, it's no good. Right, right, right after Shabbat, you can extend Shabbat like the Hasidim till the next day, or yeah, wait till Tuesday. Yeah, that would be a good question. I don't think it will work. For the Shabbat only, you'd be able to. Yeah, yeah. So now it says Otsricha. And you need all these cases because if we know that the Mavoy works you could say well the reason why Mavoy they allowed is because at least there are two solid walls over there. But we have these corner pieces of you don't even have two walls you just have corner pieces. So you'll say that won't work. On the other hand the strength that the Paseberot has is at least you have because of the corner pieces you actually have something on each of the four sides it's just not much but you have something. Something, right? Whereas, but when it comes to the mavoi, there's literally nothing on the two extreme sides, except maybe the lechi over there, right? So therefore, you might say that it wouldn't work. Now these cases, what are you doing? You're going from stringency to leniency. In other words, you're saying, if on Shabbat that's so strict, I'm allowed to carry in this place, how could it not be good for sukkah? Of course it must be Rishut HaYachid, must be good for sukkah. That's from stringent to lenient. But to say, 
that a sukkah that's enclosed only with vertical poles that have space between them, which for Shabbat would not be good because there is more open space than there is closed space, right? And we're not talking about the Tzorat petach going over, just vertical or just horizontal without any kind of a, uh, a line going over them that creates what's called Tzorat petach, right? With, 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 they're within three Tzvachim, each pole, but for Shabbat that wouldn't be good just to put sticks in the ground with, uh, with, with only three uh, Tzvachim between them because that would be considered a, uh, that would be considered too much open space. For the, the only reason why it's allowed for Eruv is because they have the line going over that makes it doorways, and doorways have space. So then it's allowed, it's incorporated into the structure. So, the, so here it's not, it's just open space, so you wouldn't allow that for Shabbat, but since it's Sukkot, and for Sukkah it's kosher, it's kosher so therefore it's considered Shuta Yechid for Shabbat as well. And that's why, so that's the Chidush. So you might have thought that we can't take a Halacha from Sukkah, which is lenient, and be lenient about Ilchot Shabbat. It says, nope, that's why it says, you need it to tell you, that, uh, that even to take a halacha from sukkah, which would normally be a more lenient domain, and to use that to be more mekif, to be more lenient in Hilchot Shabbat, even that we are going to allow, because we can have a situation basically where on one day, the definition of Rashut HaYachid, or a structure for one halachic area, contradicts another halachic area. In other words, if, if on Shabbat, this is going to be good for Hilchot Shabbat, how can I say that it's not good for sukkah? If on a Shabbat, I'm going to say this is good for sukkah, how can I say it's not good for Shabbat? It's be- it becomes self-contradictory because on the same day you're going to treat two different structures in two different ways that don't make any sense. So we come down on the side of leniency and basically say if it's endorsed for Shabbat, it's going to be endorsed for Sukkah. If it's endorsed for Sukkah, it'll be endorsed for Shabbat. But on any other day that's not Shabbat, whatever leniencies apply only on Shabbat will not apply to the Sukkah. And when it comes to the halachot of... uh, uh, in any other structure on that Shabbat, we wouldn't imp- apply the leniency of Sukkah, but to the Sukkah, since we're, we're endorsing it, we endorse it for, uh, for that Shabbat as well. Okay.